Transmitter device activated. Coordinate set for Earth 2. Hey everyone, welcome to the Earth 2 podcast, the podcast where we explore the origins and development of the DC multiverse and the legacy of their Golden Age characters throughout the Silver and the Bronze Ages of comics. I'm Peter Watson. And I'm David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. This is the Earth 2 podcast and we do talk about the legacy of Golden Age DC characters through the Silver Age and Bronze Age. And with that in mind, this week we are doing issue 7 of the 60s DC Plastic Man ongoing. Yay! I know. Hooray! Listeners with long memories might remember that we did issues one and two off the back of Plas appearing in House of Mystery. We had a great time doing them. Yes. We've had some good feedback from people who listened to them. So we're now on issue seven. We decided not to do every single issue of the ongoing, just a couple of ones which we thought were pertinent and worth covering. You know, you never know. We might eventually somewhere down the line do flashbacks and do every other issue of the series, but probably not. Issue seven was published on the same day as the comic we did last week. It was published on the 21st of September 1967, cover dated December 1967. And Pete's is now going to tell us about the cover. Yes, this is another fantastic plain background cover. It's plain green this time. And I do like that because basically everything on the cover pops. It does pop. Boy, does this pop. You've got the Plastic Man logo at the top. In the middle, you have a big giant gorilla. Mm. And he doesn't look happy. And wrapped around this gorilla, and getting tied in knots by this gorilla, is Plastic Man, who looks particularly pained, I yes, must say. Yes, he looks a bit riled, as Vic Greaves used to say. Mm-hmm. And there's a caption at the bottom that says, Like father, like son, but with a father like Plastic Man and an uncle like Woozy Winks, like wow! And then it says, Introducing Plastic Man's Fantastic Old Man. So... It's not the most accurate cover vis-a-vis a representation of what takes place in the story, is it? No. Don't expect the story to be gorilla heavy. Because yes. I don't think there's a single no. hint of an ape in here at all. No. <laughs> um, unless there's one maybe hiding in the background of Gordy's pet shop. It's a weird one here. In our immediate preparations for this, we sort of speculated as, did they print the wrong cover? Mm-hmm. Was it a cover prep that actually featured... Woozy Winks, Woozy Winks being the comedy tubby Golden Age sidekick of the, the Golden Age Plastic Man. You know, was it a cover prepped and then they lost it? Did they did they have an image of Plastic Man fighting a gorilla lying around that they just decided to use? It's very odd. You know, from what I've seen of the other covers of this series, they are generally fairly mm-hmm. on the ball. Because yeah. remember the one we did with the spider was very yes, spot on. You know, it, was, it wasn't very spot on, It was, but at least it was representative. It does go back to that old adage, though, of if you put a gorilla on the cover, it will sell a comic. Yeah, that whole thing about gorillas and flames and diamonds. I did a gallery of gorilla covers when we did Brave and the Bold 61, wasn't it? Yeah, because of the scene where mm, um, yes. the, the three JSAers fought some animals. Maybe I should have waited until this issue of Plastic <laughs> Man. But we probably hadn't decided to That'd do That'd be even less relevant Yeah, <laughs> we probably hadn't um, decided to, to do that issue of Plastic Man at that mm. point. But anyway, so that's the cover. Yeah, not much more to add. My, my copy is a lovely big Thorpe and Porter one shilling price stamp just below the 12 cents. So so there we go. So shall we dive straight in then? Let's do so. Okay, an opening splash panel. Small Plastic Man logo with a little Plastic Man head. Next to that, there's a gift box with a big gift wrapping bow all around it. And there's some text on this gift box that says... It's a little late for Father's Day, but we've got a present for you anyway, Dad. It's the incredible story of Plastic Man's true origin. Also, the impossibly wild adventures of Plazzy's wacky uncle Woozy. But, 
Best of all, it's a titanic tale of... Plastic, Plastic Man's Fantastic, Fantastic Old Man. Man! So, straight away, the last issue of Plastic Man we did was the mm-hmm. one that told us three different versions of Plastic Man's origin. You know, we compared it to that issue of Secret Origins with Phantom Stranger when there's a few yeah. different versions. This is very interesting, this text box immediately. And what's more interesting is that the opening splash panel doesn't really follow up on that either. It's kind of like the cover, <laughs> it doesn't really highlight Plastic Man's Fantastic Old Man no. sort of side of it. In this opening splash panel, we have Plastic Man in the shape of a throne. Mm-hmm. Perched on him is a character we know who's called the King of Spades. He's holding up a, a spade, literally a shovel. Bowing before him are the characters Jack of Diamonds and Queen of Hearts, who we'll meet through the story. And throne-shaped Plastic Man is forming his hands to make a grab for the King of Spades. The King of Spades is saying, I tell you that I, the King of Spades, shall bury Plastic Man. And the kneeling Jack of Diamonds and Queen of Hearts say, in perfect synchronicity, You, you said, said it, it King. King! I'm immediately reminded of the, the Royal Flush Gang. Yes. Whatever earth this takes place on, this could be their equivalent of the Royal Flush Gang. Do we know when the, the Royal Flush Gang first appeared? Yeah, they first appeared in Justice League of America 43, which came out on 25th of January 1966, so a little bit before yeah. this when did you first encounter the Royal Flush Gang? In the early 200s of the JLA series, the one that was drawn by Don Heck, whose artwork I adore and no one else likes. Oh, I like Don Heck. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Fair enough. He's an excellent storyteller. <laughs> his face has got a bit ropey towards the end of his career, but you know, he could tell a story. No, I, I, I love stuff. I love the way he drew Hawkman at that late mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that when we get there, though. No, I think I first encountered the Royal Flush Gang. And if you're not familiar with them, listeners, they basically stylized after playing cards very yeah. much like the people were about to meet in a Sisha Plastic Man. Mm-hmm. I first encountered the Royal Flush Gang in issue four of Justice League, the Maguire, Demetrius and Giffen mm-hmm. series, the Seminole. Mm-hmm. I'll refer you, of course, to the, the Bwahaha podcast. If you're into that series, you should really check it out. So anyway, we see the, the King of Spades, who's basically wearing a sort of blue robe with yellow sort of fringing, Queen of Hearts in white with red hearts and red detailing, and... Jack of Diamonds has a sort of black tunic, white sleeves with purple leggings and some diamonds all over them. So yeah, that's what they look like. Story page two then, we have a caption that says, As night steals over the city, a lot of other stealing gets underway too. These opening pages are very interesting because two of our protagonists are only presented to us in silhouette. So this opening panel, you can see a sign hanging from a, a building that says Master Gallery. And the silhouettes of the King of Spades, the Queen of Hearts and Jack of Diamonds making their way up to the door. But they're being watched by two people who are leaning against a wall of a building opposite. One of them is a silhouette of a, of a man who's got a hat on, a bit of a belly, a bit short and tubby. And the other guy, well, he's silhouetted, but we can clearly see Plastic Man's goggles and there's the detailing of Plastic Man's belt. The shorter, more rotund person is saying, You were right, Plaz. Somebody's after art after ours. Now we call the cops, right? Nonsense, chum. We'll handle this ourselves. The old fire ladder gimmick should work. In panel two, again we see the side of the master gallery, and the guy who bears a silhouette resemblance to Plastic Man has stretched up the old fire ladder gimmick, and the rotund friend of his is climbing up the length of his body, saying, Oopsie daisy, hey, this is more fun than I thought. So panel three, we're inside the gallery. We can see the King of Spades holding his spade and his shovel, and he's directing the... Jack of Diamonds and Queen of Hearts who are carrying a frame painting of a lady in a, an orange hat and an orange dress. Must be quite valuable. And we can see through the skylight of the building, up above, looking down, again, the two silhouettes of the people we just saw climbing outside. And the rotund person is saying, Great Gatsby! 
the king of spades and his royal rat, the queen of hearts and jack of diamonds. And his companion is thinking, exactly. They may be romantic characters to choose playing card names and costumes, but those three are no jokers. I wonder why that was a, a think bubble rather than a speech bubble. Anyway, hmm. in the next panel, the figure who stretched up has extended his right hand, burst in through the skylight. We can see that his sleeve is red, crashes into a light fitting with a pop, and the figure in red is saying, Only one thing to do, chum. Turn out the lights. King of Spades looks up and exclaims, What in the... And in the next panel, there's a whoosh as the return figure slides down the body of the silhouette who probably is Plastic Man because we get a clear look at the detail in his belt. You can see his goggles. He slides down Plastic Man's body into the museum, crying, Fireman, save my child! Top of page C, the silhouetted Plastic Man figure punches out the King of Spades and the Jack of Diamonds with a pow and a bam, and he's saying, Sorry about the darkness, but I prefer to play this hand blind, and a king and a jack isn't bad to start with. The next panel... We see what appears to be Plastic Man's returned companion getting in the action. As he strikes a punch, he says, Sorry, Queen. Normally I never would hit a Jane. Yo! exclaims who appears to be Plastic Man, because his other chap has hit him in by mistake. He exclaims, Yo! That was no Jane, chum. That was my jaw. The next panel, we see the Queen of Hearts, and she's saying, Are you all right, Kingykins? The King of Hearts, who's lifting something over his head, replies, Yes, my heart, but Plastic Man won't be when I bounce this table off his head. And of course, amazingly, the table is Plastic Man. His head stretches out from one of the table legs and bites the king on the nose, saying, I gotta hand it to you, king. You got a nose for trouble. There's a crunch. The king screams. Aye! And in the next panel, you see the king. He's holding an old sort of cartoon bomb-looking device that's hissing away, holding it over his head, and he's saying, Enough! We'll leave you now, my people, with the help of this chemical beauty. Stand back! And in the final panel of page three is in complete blackness. We see speech bubbles for our two heroes, one of whom is saying, <coughs> It wasn't dark enough. <coughs> you had to add a smoke bomb. <coughs> this is going <coughs> to look awful in the morning papers. <coughs> a slow dissolve. Caption for the first panel on page four says, the following day at Gordon K. Trueblood's pet shop. So we're inside the pet shop. Plastic Man is on his back, sort of juggling a bowling ball or a medicine ball on his big, long, stretched out feet. We can see a cage with a rabbit, another cage with a pig. You can buy pigs in this pet shop. Gosh. And we see Gordy, who has a parrot on top of his head. Gordy is reading the newspaper and he looks a little bit concerned. And he's saying, Ah! Oh, how could you do it, Plas? How could you mess up a thing like that? Plas replies, Do what, Gordy boy? Well, if you'd stop those show-off calisthenetics, you could see. With a little caption here that says, Hot socks. You mean Gordy doesn't know? Wasn't he there with Plaz? Yeah, so if that was Plastic Man at the museum, but our Plastic Man doesn't know anything about it, what's going on? Next panel, we see that Gordy is holding the newspaper up so that Plastic Man can see it. And the headline was, it's the Daily Planet. That's interesting. Gosh. So, so does that mean we're on Earth 1? We're on an Earth that certainly has the Daily Planet. Yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. Gordy is holding the newspaper now so that Plastic Man, who has stood up, can see the headline. The headline says, Plastic Man caught smoking. Gordy says, How could you be fooled by that old smoke bomb gag? Plastic replies, Hmm, I wasn't, Gordy. To be perfectly frank, I wasn't even there. What? exclaims Gordy. He looks astonished. Both eyes are cool in the next panel, and a little caption says, Yeah, like what? The conversation continues the next couple of panels. Gordy says, 
Eyewitnesses saw you. Not me. A man who stretched himself 20 feet. Not me. And rolled himself into a ball. Not me. Then who was it? Plastic Man leans in to whisper in Gordy's ear and says, My father. Continued on third page following. Interesting. So, over the page we pass a little Pete cartoon. Pass an advert for an issue of Challengers of the Unknown. And at the top of page five, Gordy and Plas are now speeding along in Gordy's car. Gordy is saying, But Plas, you never told me you had a father. Most folks do, you know. Never mind the jokes. I mean, you only told me a pack of phony stories about your true origin. Okay, now I'll tell you the phoniest one of all. The truth. I was always this way. Almost. So that's interesting. That's Gordy referring back to issue two. Yes. So To the secret origins yeah. that, that never were. That's a nice little footnote. Mm-hmm. Hope you've listened to that episode, listeners. If you haven't, you should. It's great. <laughs> it's a lot of fun doing it. The next panel has a little ruffled edge to it because it's a flashback. And we have an insert shot of Plastic Man's head and he's saying, My dad started out as a petty crook until he got a bad night's pay. Yeah, there's a shot of a gun being fired with a bang and someone falling off a platform with an Hi! And in a splash, he falls into a container that's labelled Danger Acid. Plas continues to narrate the next panel. Somehow he survived and was taken to recover to a strange oriental retreat. I suppose this is Yellow O'Brien, isn't it? We see him sat up in bed, wearing orange pyjamas, and there's a, an elderly oriental gentleman with a long white beard standing bowing slightly in front of him, and he says, Soon your body will be better, my son. Then, worn by our son and watered by human kindness, perhaps your mind will grow healthy too. Plas continues the narration for the next panel. The old fellow was right. Dad recovered and his criminal mind changed, but his body changed too. Yeah, because we see, you know, we see this plastic man swinging on a bell from a tower at this oriental retreat, stretching his legs out. We can see his tootsies very, very amusingly. Some of the people that live in the oriental retreat are looking up appalled and amazed and delighted. And as he stretches out his legs, plastic man is saying, I'm not Eels O'Brien anymore. A heart for all injustice. A mind to ferret out evil. And a stretch like 40 pounds of silly putty on a hot day. I am Plastic Man. This panel is rounded out with another narrated caption from the Plastic Man who we've already seen in the stories we've covered, saying, Which is why I'm so fond of you, Gordy. You talk as square as my old man. So before we go any further, Eels O'Brien plural. Yes. That's interesting because I've only ever really known him as Eel O'Brien. Unless this is a different version of Plastic Man to the one we know exactly. previously. Exactly. I mean, this is this is a multiverse that we are dealing with. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're ever going to be able to nail down specifically which Earth the Plastic Man that we sort of seen in the 60s on. But anyway, top of page six now, and Plastic Man's narration continues. But the time came when the super crime buster decided to settle down. Yeah, we see in this panel, which has the nice little ruffled edge of a flashback, that Plastic Man is standing wearing a top hat, and he's looped his arm around the waist so he can put on the ring. To his bride. He's getting married. She's a very attractive lady. Dark hair. The same sort of foxy eyes that we saw with Dr. Doom's daughter in previous issues. She looks a bit like elongated man's wife Sue, doesn't it? Well, you know, she, <laughs> that's the point. Maybe maybe stretchy guys have got a type. I have to say, he looks terrifying with his top hat and the goggles. Yes. So he's in the process of putting the ring on her finger. And as he does so, he says, With this ring, I thee wed. And the officiating minister says, Try it with the other hand, sir. It may prove easier. So, Plassie's narration continues in the next panel. Then I appeared on the scene. A very normal baby. Maybe too normal. 
Yes, <laughs> this panel brings back memories of Lois Lane's super babysitter um, <laughs> because we see Plastic's wife looking very indignant as Plastic Man is trying to stretch the left arm of his child. We see the baby sort of sat on the ground in a nappy looking very surprised. Hmm. Plastic Man has his foot on the child and he's pulling at his left arm trying to stretch it out. And Mrs. Plast says, O'Brien, have you flipped? Stop pulling the baby's arm. You want him to grow up a fudge muscle like you? Plassie's narration for the next panel. And Dad tried to be a very normal dad in his own abnormal way. So this panel shows an open door above a flight of stairs, presumably in their house, and Mrs. Plass can be heard saying, O'Brien, I've got to get up and give baby his bottle. Plass replies, Never mind, sweetie, I'll take care of it. And we see a long stretched arm, basically finger walking down the flight of stairs. And in the next panel, we hear Mrs. O'Brien saying, You won't forget to warm it. It's too cold for his tender throat. And we can see Plass pouring milk into a funnel, into a bottle so he can put the little tea on it. And Plass replies, Of course, lammykins. And in the next panel, we see baby Plass, who is the one that's narrating, obviously. He's in his cot. And we hear Mrs. Plass saying, And don't forget to burp the little doll. Plass replies, Never fear, dumpling. And we see him slapping and burping little baby Plass. So we arrive at the final panel then of page six and who we now know to be Plastic Man Jr. continues his narration. Dad kept a memento of the great change in his life. A bottle of the acid on our mantle. One day... We see Plastic Man Jr., Eel O'Brien's son, who's now a little boy, standing in shorts and a short-sleeved shirt, standing in a chair, holding what looks like the empty bottle of the acid. And Plastic Man Sr. is saying, Good grief, boy! You drank that horrible acid? And Plastic Man Jr. says, Not so horrible. Me put chocolate syrup in it first. Top of page seven. Plastic Man Jr.'s narration says, Dad rushed me to the doctor. Where? And we see Plastic Man Sr. pacing in the background. He's obviously quite concerned. Uh, And he's saying, Give it to me straight, Doc. Will he? And the doctor, who's being lifted up by his stethoscope in his ears, by young Plastic Man Jr., who's stretching his arm up to lift up the stethoscope, the doctor replies, He'll lift Mr. O'Brien, but he may be a bit strange. <laughs> Amazing. The next panel has a caption narration from Plaz that says, It was like a miracle. Father finally had an abnormal son. And we see Plastic Man Jr. exclaiming, Daddy! And Plastic Man Sr. exclaiming, Plastic Man Jr. And there's a whoosh and a bush as they stretch in to hug each other. So, acid lined with chocolate syrup. Interesting. There we are. Mm. Should bear that in mind. Listeners, this is not... <laughs> do not a, try this at do home. Do not try this at home, yes. So, Plastic Man Jr.'s narration for the next panel says... He taught me everything he knew. And we see Plastic Man Sr. and Plastic Man Jr. Plastic Man Jr. still a little boy. Plas is stretching his left foot up and above and over his shoulder in front of him. And there's a nice pow sound effect as he demonstrates kicking something. And indeed he's saying... And here's what you do when the other 73 guys have the drop on you, son. The back kick. And then the next panel... Plastic Man Jr. reciprocates, saying, Like this, Dad? And he, yep, kicks his dad in the face with a pow. And Plastic Man Sr. says, Ow! And a boy! Nice kick! Narration for the next panel says, And Dad's pal Woozy Winks taught me all he knew too. We see Plastic Man Jr. stretching his right arm up and over behind Woozy and stealing his wallet as Woozy says, That's it, Junior. I never felt a thing when the wallet left my pocket. Yees have got magic fingers. The next panel, we see Mrs. O'Brien striking Woozy over the top of the head with a brush. And she's exclaiming, Woozy Winks, you old crook! I'll teach you to teach him to be a pickpocket! 
And Woozy exclaims, Yeah! Oh dear, she's giving the right pounding. So, over the page now to page eight, and Gordy and Plas, Plas Jr., as we now know, are pulling up in their car. And Plas is saying, Then, as years passed, Dad decided to retire from crime fighting and moved into this health resort. Yeah, because that's where they are. We can see several old folks parading about, one person in a chair, one person poking around behind the tree and watching them. Gordy says, What a shame! For the ravages of age to force a magnificent specimen like that into an old people's home. In the next panel, they're still in the car. Plaz is saying, You got it wrong, Gordy. Dad isn't an inmate. He owns the joint. You come from a long line of winners, PM. And we can see that in front of the car now, there's a big sign that says, Welcome to Plastic Acres. Health is wealth. And this big sign has a drawing of Plastic Man Senior. He looks pretty much like Plastic Man, but a little greyer. It's coloured slightly differently. And he's sort of obviously gesturing in welcome. This panel is rounded out with a caption that says, Wait a minute. What about the King of Spades and the Queen of Hearts and the Jack of Diamonds? Well, if you'd shut up and deal, we might find out about them. Amazing. The rest of this page is rounded out with advertisement for issue 71 of Showcase, featuring the Maniacs. Guest starring Woody yeah, Allen. Guest starring Woody people. Allen. Wow. My goodness. And that looks like Donny Osmond, but it's probably not. So <laughs> the opposite page is the aforementioned, off-mentioned advertisement for Batman posters. Over the page, would you believe there's a full-page advertisement for issue one of the Spectre? Gosh. Which we covered in our last episode. Spectre's saying, don't you dare miss this issue or you'll be haunted the rest of your life. Well, you're okay, because if you listened to last week's episode, you will have experienced it. So now we arrive at the top of page nine of the story. Gordian Plas coming over the brow of a hill, and we can see some of the elderly residents of Plastic Acres exercising, at least trying to exercise. <laughs> at the right of the panel, we can see Plastic Man Senior, who's balanced on a very long, stretched out right arm, and he's saying, All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's try the one-armed handstand again. Hup! And this is what, obviously, all the elderly folk are attempting. There's one elderly lady who's managed it because she's got her foot caught in a ring that's hanging down from the branch of a tree, and she says... I did it, Mr. O'Brien. I did it. Good for you, Miss Stankard. And then we see him ranging and leaping and stretching forward in the next panel because he's coming to meet his son and Gordy. And he says, Junior, my boy. Gad, it's good to see you. What is it, Dad? In the next panel here, Plaz Senior seems to be stuck and he's saying, My back again. It's nothing. Just give it a good whack and it'll snap back. Okay, but I hope I don't hurt you. And then with a whack, he stretches up and slaps his dad in the back and his dad says, Owie! Hello, boy! I think that did it! Now we should probably dwell on Plas Senior at this point because we get a better look at him. Mm-hmm. Hair is obviously a bit thinner, a bit greyer. Got bit, a bit, bit of a same parting. Yeah. Yep. His face has a few more lines. Otherwise, you know, he looks pretty much as you expect him. Legs are coloured red. More of a pointy chin. Yeah, I suppose. It's true. It's what differentiates him a little bit more from the mm-hmm. from Junior. The final panel of page nine, then, after Plas Junior has slapped his dad in the back, his dad seems to be sort of rolling up as if like an elastic band has been released from tension. It's sort of winding back in on itself. And Plas Junior says, Sorry, sir. I'm afraid I hit you too hard. No, not your boy. It's just the frailties of age. Blimey. That's a good panel. Might put that in the socials. Okay, so now we arrive at the top of page ten. And Plas... Junior is making the introductions and he says Dad, this is my friend Gordon K. Trueblood Happy to meet you sir, I've heard all about you and Mr. Winks, Plus Senior replies Woozy, say, he'll be along any minute now, he brings the fogs out every day at exactly three o'clock for a drink from the spa, good grief, it's exactly three, back, both of you Plus Junior and Gordy look a bit surprised Plus Junior says, huh? 
And then we see in the, the larger panel at the bottom of page 10, all of the elderly residents of Plastic Acres making their way down the stairs. There's a few people with sticks and a chair with a wheelchair. Some are carrying a bucket who looks very much like William Hartnell. There's an older man with a beard. Someone who looks a bit like Oberon. Someone that looks a bit like Granny Goodness. Someone who looks like Norman Bates' mother. Yeah. They're all making their way out. The guy coming down the stairs in the wheelchair says, It's time! There's a guy climbing over this balcony sort of thing and he says, let me at the fountain. There's an elderly lady with a bam. She's hitting the, the gentleman in front of her and she says, Me first. I'm sicker. And the man who's being struck says, I'm older. There's another guy down at the bottom who looks a bit like Larry David. And he says, I'm stronger. Yeah, and this chap's reaching out with a sort of big ladly cup to obviously reach into this fountain. It's in front of him. Very interesting. There's a one old lady in the middle of the heart of the throng who's shoving others out of the way. We learn that she's called Mrs. Brattle. And she's saying, Let him go first. And she's knocking someone else out of the way to let someone in front of her get close to the fountain. Good grief, there's an awful lot going on. Top of page 11, there's only two panels here in the first one. Plastic Man Senior is gesturing towards the fountain, which is spraying up and all over the place with a bobush. And Plastic Man Senior is pointing at it and he's saying to Gordy and Plas Junior, There she goes, right on the dot. That sulphur spraying goes off every hour on the hour. And we can see that some of the residents are holding up cups and what looks like vases and trophies and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's very odd. You know, one guy looks like he's carrying like, you know, a huge basin. There's another guy with a couple of, with a glass, one guy with a teacup. There's one elderly lady who has a big vessel over her head and she's saying, Let me at it. And Mrs. Brattle says, No fair, using pots and vases. There's one elderly gentleman who's been almost double with a walking stick. He's just got a cup. He's standing behind someone who looks very much like Mark Twain. And the man with the cup says, Yeah. The rules say only an eight-ounce cup. There's another gentleman wearing orange who looks a bit like a turtle. And he's saying, Sonny, his eyes are so bad he couldn't see an eight-ounce cup. So the second and final panel of page 11 shows that this sulfur spring has had an amazing effect. As you can see, a couple of elderly people jumping around. One guy's on the back of a horse. He's waving a polo mallet around. There's one lady who seems to have wings strapped to her arms. She's flying above. At the front of the panel is a lady on a motorbike speeding off. There's another guy with a nice bowstring tie. I wonder if he's the spectre. Mm. <laughs> he's on a bicycle. So the man on the horse with a polo mallet is saying, How about a spot of polo, Sedgwick? And then the lady on the motorbike says, Out of my way! There's a national convention of Hell's Angels and I'm late! And the chap on the bicycle who, look, who could be the spectre but probably isn't, going by his tie, he's saying, So what? I'm entered in a cross-country bike race. In Mexico! To the right of them is a chap who looks very much like Einstein. Yes. Who's boinging about on a pogo stick, having a great time. So in the background of this panel, Plas Junior, Gordy, Plas Senior standing with his arms folded. And Plas Junior says, Dad, I think you've got something good there. Top of page 12, and we see Woozy Winks wearing a sweatshirt that says Plastic Acres. And he's attempting to stop Mrs. Brattle from going back into the fountain. Woozy is saying, All right, Mrs. Brattle, you've had enough health water. Just one more, Mr. Winks! I woke up with a swollen toe. Need a little extra voom. Woozy says, I said you had an up. But he gets cut off because Mrs. Brow punches him in the stomach with a prop and she's saying, And I say let go of me. Aren't you ashamed? Attacking an underweight, overage, defenseless female. Woozy goes flying in the next panel, straight into Plas Jr. And he's saying, Oof. Oh, hiya, Jr. When did you just get in? And Plas replies, same old Woozy, always out in one punch. So the next panel, we can see Plas Senior in the process of introducing Gordy to Woozy. Plas Senior says, Gordon, this is Woozy Winks. 
He's our jack-of-all-trades around here. It was Woozy who adjusted the spa for us. It used to go off three minutes late. Now, how about tasting our famous water? Next panel shows Plaz Jr. leaning in towards Woozy. Plaz Jr. is saying, Okay, now that they're gone, Uncle Baby, tell me how you adjusted the fountain. With a bottle opener, right? Woozy says, uh, I, I don't know what you mean, Junior. Junior Plaz replies, You know darn well what I mean, you old miracle worker. Next panel shows Mrs. Bratto pushing past Woozy. She's very rudely shoves him away by basically shoving his face. And she's saying, Excuse me, handsome. I need just one more cup of health before the rock and roll contest starts. And Plaz Junior observes, That's what I mean. What kind of happy juice did you slip into that natural health spring? It's off of page 13 now. We're rattling through this. Woozy and Plaz Jr. in conversation still. Woozy says, A little white wine. That's all, Jr. No stronger than a prom punch. You see, kid, your dad sank his last penny in this joint, and it was flopping. Plaz Jr. says, So, you pepped up the sulfur water and the place is a smash. Okay, get it out. Woozy says in the next panel, What's the harm? I screen all the patients to make sure it can't hurt them. And it makes them happy, so... And Plaz concludes, So get it out before I tell my old man about it, you nuts! <laughs> White wine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're all drunk. Amazing. Because I think this had a bit of an effect on Gordy, because the next panel we can see Gordy leaning into Plas Senior. We can see that they're, they've both actually got cups. Plas Senior must have taken a drink as well. Gordy leaning against them, swinging his cup, singing... How dry I am, how dry I am, nobody knows. And Woozy Winks observes, Kid, I thought you was a swinger deep down inside. You're a square. Yeah, because yeah, he thought, obviously thought that Junior would have been into this spiking of the water fountain. <laughs> Junior, with his hands on his hips and his head at a disapproving angle, says to Woozy, And deep inside, Uncle, you're still a crook. Junior continues in the next panel, Dad? I thought you said you were retiring from crime fighting. So what's this thing with the King of Spades? The rascal wants to steal this place from me. And this conversation is interrupted by an elderly gentleman with a long white beard who hands a medicine ball to Plas Senior, saying, Here, hold this for a minute, Sonny. And the next panel, bottom of page 13, Plas Junior, Plas Senior, Woozy and Gordero throwing the medicine ball about to each other. Plas Senior continues talking about the King of Spades. He got his hands on our mortgage. Then I missed one payment, Junior says. Which wasn't too clever, Woozy says. Which wasn't his fault. I forgot to mail the envelope. And Gordy says. Which wasn't the best move. But will somebody please tell me why we're tossing this stupid ball around? Top of page 14. Plus Junior takes the ball, throws it away with a whoosh. And he's saying. One question, Dad. Did the king start trying to get this place before or after Woozy adjusted the spa? After? Why? Nothing. I just figured that the king heard great things about your fountain of youth and decided to take it over and... Oof! The whoosh, he gets caught in a stump with the medicine ball and the elderly gentleman from the previous page says, Hold it, kiddies! And he continues in the next panel as he dives into Plastic Man Jr.'s stomach to retrieve his ball. Give me back my ball! You juveniles think you can get away with anything account of your age! Hmm. Give me a flashlight <laughs> or a match. I can't see a thing in here. <laughs> That's terrific because you can see him and his ball sort of poking out the other side. The next panel 
We can see a statue of Plastic Man Senior in the background that bears the legend Plastic Man of the Year 1950. So this is definitely then suggests this is the golden age Plastic Man who we would have read about in the pages of police comics and mm -hmm. all that back in the day. So does this mean that we're being on Earth 2 all this time? Or Earth X. Or, Earth, or, yeah, or, or yeah. whichever Earth that, mm -hmm. indeed it was that the Golden Age Plastic Man operated on because we don't really know that yet. We've not really been told. Plastic Man Senior and Woozy are talking in the next panel. Plastic Man Senior who looks very much like Richard Osman off of the telly, it must be said. Plastic Man Senior continues the narrative about the King of Spades wanting the retirement place and Plastic Senior is saying, It's no longer a matter of money. The King won't make a deal. So I've got to do what the police of 17 states have failed to do. Prove he's a crook, Woozy says. Yeah, only I say he's too tricky, so let's frame him. The next panel has a very indignant looking Gordy who says, Never! The original Plastic Man indulge in lawlessness? It's unethical, immoral, and undignified. To which Junior says, Also, you'd probably get caught, but I appreciate the sentiment, Woozy. The next panel shows Plastic Man Senior shaking hands with Gordy, saying, Gordon, I wish I had a son like you. And then Woozy shaking hands with Plastic Man Junior, saying, Likewise, Junior. So, we arrive now at the top of page 15. Gordy and Plas Junior conversing. Gordy is saying, On the other hand, this king of spades is such a super rat, anything we do to nail him would be justified. Junior says, Watch it, Gordy. Confucius say, Man who thinks the ends justify the means often comes to mean ends. And he continues in the next panel. Let's use our heads. What motivates this gang? The Queen of Hearts is very romantic. About oil wells. Gordy says, the Jack of Diamonds is a jerk about jewels. And Woozy concludes, And the King of Spades digs dough. We have a slow dissolve for this final massive big panel that takes up two thirds or so of page 15. It has a caption that says, And so, the following night, in the ritziest hotel in town. Yes, we're inside this ritziest hotel. We can see a couple of men in suits at the front of the panel look appalled at what's going on because, well, we can see it's Woozy in disguise as a sort of Arab figure. We can see what appears to be a sort of harem girl, her harem girl in the background with a veil over her face. It looks like she's wearing glasses. It might be Gordy. I don't know. We can see a camel, which is conspicuously red, <laughs> but with a pink face. And sitting on the camel, wearing a massive big sword, with a turban, with a jewel in it, and a big beard and waistcoat, and sitting cross-legged on top of the camel. Well, Woozy introduces him, for this is... Make way! Make way for the Grand Mafia of Alakazan! And the veiled lady, accompanying at the side, is saying... Son of the Four Winds, brother of the Seven Seas, and husband of 138! Now, the two men at the front are presumably hotel management staff. There's one of them who's quite tall, with comb-back grey hair. There's another one who looks a little... Dump here, with a big nose, receding hair, swept back. The taller one says, <laughs> Such a smell! Get that filthy camel out of the lobby! And the second hotelier says, Psst! Shut up, you idiot! What you're smelling is 500 million barrels of oil a year. The Grand Mafia is the richest man in the world! We're at page 16 already. The dumpy, doughy hotelier continues, We have the 139 rooms you reserve now. Would you like to deposit your famous diamond in our safe? We can see very conspicuously in this panel that the diamond is set in the turban of the Grand Mafia. The Grand Mafia who wears very familiar looking white goggles. And the Grand Mafia is saying, No, Effendi, the curse your diamond never leaves me, but I have one request. Tell room service to send up 16 bells of hay for the camel. That's a good joke. We see the camel in the background. Looks like it's getting stuck into one of the potted plants that are around the hotel. <laughs> a couple of women standing behind him look appalled. Anyway, so the final panel of page 16. 
and we're outside the hotel and I want to say the Royal Flush Gang but it's not it's the, the Jack of Diamonds the King of Spades and the Queen of Hearts the Jack of Diamonds is saying he's there alright and the diamond yum two but which one of the 139 rooms is it in King of Spades says that's no problem he always sleeps in the same room as his camel, so we can smell our way to a fortune. And this little segment of the story runs out with a caption that says, And where is Plastic Man and Company on a night like this? Okay, wise guy, so you guessed. You gotta get lucky once in a while. And the little caption says, Continued on third page following. We have a Caps Hobby Hints about how to make your own spirit level, which runs out the page. There's a full page advertisement for Teen Beat. We pass the direct currents for the issue, which is plugging Metamorpho and Strange Adventures featuring Deadman, as well as Lois Lane, Legion of Superheroes, Detective Comics, etc. And we arrive, story page 17, we're inside the suite at the hotel. Plastic Man Senior, for it was he, has taken off his disguise, we can see his beard in the bed, he's holding his turban with the diamond, and he's saying to Gordy, Phew, sure I'm glad to get this off, it must weigh 50 pounds. Gordy is removing... <laughs> I suppose the bra from his disguise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's saying, You think you've got problems, sir? These things are made of iron. Ice cold iron. And when they touch naked skin. Brrr! And in the foreground we see Woozy. He's also taken off most of his disguise. He's sat in a bed next to the conspicuously red and yellow and pink camel who's getting stuck into some buckets of hay. And Woozy is saying, Listen to them courageous crime fighters. They do anything for the country, except itch, chafe, or scratch. How about you, Junior? You got complaints too? And Junior, in the disguise of a camel, says, Just one, Uncle Woozy. See if you can get room service to put some <laughs> raisins in this stuff. <laughs> he's, in, he's actually eating it. That's terrible. So that massive big panel takes up just over half of page 17, and the final panel has a caption which says, Meanwhile, on a nearby ledge, perch three strange birds. Yep, and out on the ledge, on the hotel wall, up very, very high, it's the King of Spades, the Queen of Hearts, and Jack of Diamonds. King of Spades says, I still don't think we should be risking our necks like this. A few more weeks and the plastic acres water will make us millionaires. And the Queen of Hearts says, You've been giving us that for months, Kingy Wingy, but what was left for lunch today? One slice of cheese and one of bologna. Jack of Diamonds wings up this little exchange by saying, Yeah, that was a goof. Generally, he gives us nothing but bologna. <laughs> Amazing. Top of page 18, and the three not-royal flush gangers have burst into the hotel suite that everyone else was in, bursting through the window. King of Spades says, Okay, your majesty, stick him up. We came for the curse you diamond. Everyone else has got their disguises back on. Plastic Man Senior in disguise says, Aye, by the beard of Alice. Gordy whispers, Psst, that's Allah. Woozy behind him says, No, he really knows a hairy girl named Alice. <laughs> this is great. I hope it's transferring. Panel 2, the King of Spades is made straight for Plas Senior and he's grabbed the diamond from Plas Senior's disguise and he's pointing a gun at Plas and he's saying, Look at that. A diamond as big as a baseball. Yeah, it's a baseball diamond. <laughs> the next panel, Plastic Man Jr. in disguise as the camo has got a camera with a big old-fashioned flashbulb and with a pop he takes a photograph saying That's it. Hold that diamond and watch the birdie, kingy wingy. The king's appalled in the next photograph. He's still got the diamond in his hand and he exclaims A camel taking a picture and it's a shot of me stealing the diamond. Hey, I think we've been had. 
and this is some extraordinary business because Pussy Man Jr. still in the shape of the camel takes a bite out of the King of Spades backside saying How shrewd of you to guess King! And to the right of the panel Gordy with a kapow punches out Jack of Diamonds saying And here's a message from the organised harem girls of Elikazam Local 139 Arrive at the top of page 19 and in silhouette King of Spades has struck Plastic Man Jr. still in the form of a camel about the head with a spade saying it's Plastic Man, right? Of course, how clever. And here's to prove that I dig you in spades. And Junior exclaims, Ow! Next panel, Jack of Diamonds retaliates against Gordy using his staff, thwacking Gordy in the stomach. Jack of Diamonds says, Hungry kid, how about something for the stomach like a diamond scepter? Gordy exclaims, No thanks, yo! I've never cared for carrots! That's an excellent joke. Next panel, looks as though Plastic Man Jr. has resumed his normal shape and he stretches out, grabs Jack of Diamonds by the ankle, tipping up so that he knocks out the king. Plastic Man Jr. says, I think this game is running out of fun. Let's knock it in the head. The king's spade goes flying and Jack of Diamonds, his scepter goes flying. But in the next panel, the king is recovered and he's got his gun back and he's pointing it and he's saying, Okay, you asked for it, Plastic Man. Who says off camera, What did I ask for? The king continues, Stop. Trying to mix me up, my head's in bad enough shape. Now you die. The next panel, Gordy's lifted his camera up above his head and he says, Look out, Plas, he's gonna shoot. Ha! I'll take care of that. Plas Jr. stretches out a hand and says, No, Gordy, stop. Too late, the next panel, final panel of page 19 with a clunk. Gordy throws his camera, which collides with the king, sending the gun flying, knocking the king's hat off. The camera falls open, the film spirals out, and Gordy says, What's wrong, Plas? I did it. I got his gun. And Plas says, And you also exposed the film in the camera. Our proof that the king is a crook. End of strategy. We arrive at the top of page 20 now, and the king is blowing a raspberry at Plas Jr. Plas Jr. says, Since our only evidence against you is gone, you win, king. And an enraged Plastic Man Sr., still in disguise as the Grand Mafia, yells, What? A son of mine permitting the triumph of evil? Never. Woozy. To arms! And Woozy replies in the next panel, That's what I've been waiting to hear, Plaz. Let's show these kids how the original Plaz operates. Round one. And Woozy jumps in at the air with a giant mallet, strikes a gong with a bwong that just happens to be there. That's phenomenal. In the next panel, Woozy uses the same mallet to knock out Jack of Diamonds, saying in the process, And here's round two. Oh! exclaims Jack. Woozy gets a nice close-up in the next panel and he says, I'm out of breath. Ain't got it like I used to. Like I'm pooped. The next panel shows Plastic Man Senior still in disguise, stretching out his left leg and coiling it around the ankle of the king who's trying to escape. Plas says, Fear not, woozy friend. I'll take care of the king in my classic fashion. Where are you running, your lowness? King's making a break for the window, dragging Plas alone behind him. Plas says, He's going out the window and he's taking me with him. Help! The whoosh the king descends. Plastic Man Junior wraps his arms around a handy support beam and yells, I'm coming, Pop! The next panel, he's jumped out the window behind his dad, wrapped his arm around him and caught him. Gotcha! The next panel shows Plas Senior and Junior. Plas Senior still in disguise for some reason. Senior is saying, I'm so ashamed, but I'll tell you this, boy. If I were your age, they'd never have whipped us. I wouldn't care either way, Pop, because if you were my age, I wouldn't be here. Okay, let's turn over Plastic Acres to the king. 
and I slow dissolve and they're all standing. Well, Plas Senior and Junior and Gordy, Gordy's still wearing the brassiere attachment of his disguise. And Woozy, they're all standing at the fountain at Plastic Acres. Junior is gesturing towards it, saying, Here's what you were after, King. Enjoy it in bad health. And the King lunges forward, saying, <laughs> With this fountain of youth, I'll never have a sick day again, and neither will my pocketbook. The next panel essentially is narrated by the king. He's a little caption where he's saying, We'll give it a big advertising campaign. It'll be called Wello. And there's three little advertising slogan signs. One of them says, Drink Wello in six delicious flavours. And the next one says, Spring back to life with Wello waters. And the final one says, Undertakers hate Wello. <laughs> The next panel, final panel of page 21, Plastic Man Jr. is offering the king a cup of the water. Jr. is saying, You might as well have a sip now, kingy. King replies, Don't mind if I do. I'd like to drop a few years. In the corner of the panel, almost as an insert, still in his disguise, Plastic Man Sr. says, I'd like to drop one day. This one. So... Tiny caption says, continued second page following, we pass an advertisement for issue 58 of Justice League of America, which is an 80-page giant. Reprinting issue 1, I can see there, as well as a few others. That's quite exciting. We arrive at the top of page 22, and the king is wiping his mouth with the back of his hand after taking a drink. And he's saying, Delicious. I knew it was good for you, but it's delicious too. Plus Junior says, Have another, Top Gun. In the background, Woozy is saying, Psst, Blas, Psst, Junior. The next panel, King has now been joined by Queen of Hearts and Jack of Diamonds. They're all taking a sip from the water and a slurp. And the King is saying, Drink up, my Queen. You too, Jack. It's marvellous. We should notice that the Queen is leaning slightly on the plinth of a statue, which, from what we can see, is, is a man. Red arms, red legs, holding a rose in his left hand, and he's got furry-looking yellow shorts on. Anyway, in the foreground of the panel, we see Woozy still wearing his disguise, and he's saying, Hey, Blaz, where'd you go? It's important. In the next panel, we see the king leaning against the fountain, Jack leaning against the fountain, the queen lying on the grass, and they're all singing, looking up, almost like they're toasting the statue, actually, and they're singing, How dry I am, how dry I am. <laughs> foreground of the panel we see Woozy saying to Gordy I wanted to tell Plaz that I forgot to turn off the joy juice the what oh never mind but it's bad enough they stole this joint from us why are we giving them a party Gordy still wearing the boob coverage part of his disguise which cracks me up panel four then of page 22 close-up of the king Jack and the queen being very merry the king is saying here's to crime Jack says, Speaking of crime, Kingy Wingy, remember the time we held up the fun house? That was a scream! And Queen continues, And how about the Rutherford rubber band factory? That was a snap! And then the King continues in the next panel, Also, the last National Bank and Trust. We were sensational! And then we see that the statue was Plastic Man Jr. Very quickly, carefully disguising himself, he's leaning down, holding the rose that was in his hand to the king's mouth, and he's saying, That's dandy. 
Now, do you have anything else to add to this tape recording, friends? Gordy looks delighted in the background because obviously they've caught them out. Amazing. Top of page 23. Only one panel. It's the final part of the story. We see the Queen stretched out, the King flat on his back, and Jack of Diamonds stretched out as well with his cup in front of him. They're obviously completely foo. A very happy Gordy, Woozy and Plas Senior are all holding hands and dancing around Plas Junior who's still up in the plinth. And Gordy is saying, He did it! The Rose was a mic and he recorded all their confessions! Hooray! Here we go round the Plasbury bush, the Plasbury bush. Woozy continues, Easy son, <laughs> I'm still young, but my lungs is in social security. <sighs> and then Plasty Man Senior, who's now finally taken off his turban and his beard, is saying, Ow! My aching back! Plas, you stop playing statue and get down here and straighten me out! Ow! And then a closing caption says, This Plas venture is dedicated to all who demanded a woozy winks yarn, especially to Marvin von Wolfman who inspired it. The, the end. end. Marvin von Wolfman. Marv Wolfman. Now, Marv Wolfman, as we've talked about before, was a frequent letter writer to DC Comics at the time and, of course, went on to be a major DC Comics writer. Indeed. Yes. He's going to be doing Crisis on Infinite Earths. Indeed. When we get to it. If it wasn't for Marv, we probably wouldn't have a podcast. That's true. But in our research for this, I couldn't find any reference to a letter he had written in asking for Woozy Winks. I couldn't find any interviews where he mentioned it. So this is maybe all behind-the-scenes stuff. This is really just on the brink of him becoming a comics pro because the first comic story I can find that he was involved in, he was the plotter of Black Hawk 252, which had a cover date of August-September 1968. Interesting. So it's... it's About a year away. Yeah, we're not far off that. Right. So this is maybe perhaps a bit of a foot in the door for him. This, uh-huh. this story was not written by him. This was Arnold Drake that wrote this one. And of course, of course. it's got the J. Winslow Mortimer artwork. Murray Boltonoff was the editor. Uh-huh. But there's no Marv Wolfman involvement that I can find anywhere for it, right. apart from this dedication. Okay, Listeners, if you know of a story behind this, please get in touch because I'm dying to find out more. <laughs> uh, it's fascinating. Yeah. So, yeah, there we are. I liked the little bits of continuity to... To issue two. Yeah, we might as well just delete that episode that we recorded on issue two because it's obviously <laughs> you know not in continuity anymore. It makes no sense. It's just daft nonsense. No, but then again, that's plastic. I man. mean, it's, it's interesting because it means that the plastic man who we had in issue one and we had in issue two and we mm. had in this one, he's a he's a legacy hero. Then, isn't he? this is yeah. your actual proper DC legacy. He's it, the son mm-hmm. of the original. And as I say, we haven't done every issue of this series. We might end up doing another one somewhere at some point if we feel mm. like it, if we get bored or if we end up with 18 episodes of, of the Spectre on the run we want to mix it up a bit. I'm fascinated at the, the implications that basically this guy is the son of the Golden Age Plastic Man. Oh, he's the son of a Golden Age Plastic Man. Maybe not the well, Golden yeah, Age Plastic yeah. Man. Yeah, I suppose we have to qualify that because, I mean, but, you know, the presence of the Daily Planet mm-hmm. at this moment makes me want to speculate that this could be Earth One. Yeah. Which again, I can't remember what we talked about before, where we thought he might have been, but this maybe does suggest that there was a Plastic Man on Earth 1. Plastic Man's going to be in an issue of Brave and the Bold that we'll be doing very soon. Yes. And we'll have to figure out which one of them it is that's in that. But then, of course, (laughs) further to that, yeah, further to that, there will be another Brave and the Bold with Plastic Man that's a little bit further off, Mm -hmm. which I've seen some people speculate is the debut, the proper ones to go debut of the actual genuine Earth 1 Plastic Man. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's tempting to maybe think the Plastic Man is on his own separate earth. Yeah. I'm not sure, but to be honest, you'll have heard me say that many times. It's tempting to think that every single story takes place on its own separate earth. <laughs> that was great fun. I'm intrigued as to why they put a gorilla on the cover. <laughs> to sell the comic, pretty much. Yeah, because That's there's it. no no even a hint, as Peter said at the start, there's not even a hint of a gorilla. But no, yeah, that was that was so cool. Just like Son of Plastic Man. Better Son of Plastic Man with his own series. Would a better cover not have been The Two Plastic Men? Probably. Because they tangled up in each other or with Woozy and Gordy mm-hmm. standing there as well. That'd be quite exciting. You know, yeah. that, that would definitely shift some issues, I would think. Mm. But we weren't editors back in the day. Yeah. So we weren't Murray Bolton off. So astonished at that. I mean, I don't know. I'm not I'm not familiar with the rest of the series to to know if there's a, any stories with Plastic Man fighting a gorilla or something or nothing. So I don't know if maybe they got swapped to transpose, but I doubt it. It's just mm. it just seems a it's definitely an oddity. It's also, you know, a bit lacking by not having Doctor Doom in yes, a way. I, I miss, miss I miss Doctor, Doctor Doom. Doom. But it was a lot of fun. You know, I was amused and interested by this almost royal flush gang that were kicking around. Mm-hmm. I there isn't really too much to add really. It was a good fun story, you know, it rattled along at a pace, so you know, all good. It's an interesting plot point that uh, white wine seems to be this cure all for all your ailments if you're yes. if you're feeling old and down have some white wine and you'll feel fantastic yes mixed with a sulfur fountain whatever that is yeah um, so is that some kind of cocktail of water and kind wine of and mineral sulfur? water yeah, yeah mineral water yeah yeah very interesting yeah that was quite amusing you get the old folks a wee bit drunk and they they can tackle anything yeah that was quite amusing and when they're not royal flush gang had it they obviously partook far too much yes Apologies for our rendition of how dry I am, but uh, <laughs> we tried to do it as drunk as we possibly could. Been, yeah, we got we both got completely tanked up before recording this episode. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it, it was fine. There's, I mean, there's not really a lot to say. I mean, it's the main thing about it. The main takeaway is the the clarification it gives us because we did sort of speculate as to you know a little bit before, but you know mm-hmm. which plastic man are we getting? So we got the clarification, the origins from issue two, and this exciting revelation that if you've been reading this comic, you were reading the Adventures of Plastic Man's son. There we are. Shall we have a look at the reader response to oh, this very issue? Much so. so we'll go on to issue 10 of Plastic Man from Plastic Man's Pen Pals. And the first letter is definitely a contemporary letter because it kicks off saying Dear Editor, I was extremely fortunate the other day to stumble across a copy of Plastic Man floating face down in a stream here in Vietnam. Blimey. Though I was very much disappointed in not finding PM's companion of many years ago. Where is his fab little pal of a decade ago? I'm enclosing a 50 cent piece of paper, Saigon currency, to ensure my receipt of a copy when you revive that rotund little rascal, Woozy Winks. Would write my dear grandmother, bless her soul, for the issue, but hate to make her rush down to the local drugstore to purchase same. I'm waiting patiently for your reply. That's from Corporal Lee Caldwell for the 1st Battalion, 4th Marines, somewhere in Vietnam. And the editor's response is... Anything to boost the morale of our marines, so a copy of Issue 7, Marking the Triumphant Return of the Wizard of Woos, otherwise known as Woozy Winks, is already en route to Corporal Caldwell. Wow. So the next letter reads, Dear Editor, being a simple second generation comics reader, I never experienced the original Plas and Woozy Winks, hence the pleas for their inclusion fell in rather ignorant and apathetic ears. So I'm guessing there must have been some more letters from folks saying, mm-hmm. where's Woozy Winks then? However, when I finally got around to reading number seven, which featured both Plas, Senior and WW, I realised why they were so eagerly requested. In short, they're great. Though making the original twosome a permanent part of the magazine may cause overcrowding and or redundancy, why not use Senior and WW on an annual or semi-annual basis? Not only would this satisfy the Golden Age fanatics, 
but I believe you would have a fine change of pace and an interesting plotline guaranteed. Whatever you decide, plasma forever. With such a name corruption, it's easy to see how he got to know Gordy Trueblood. That's interesting. That's from Dan Madage of Warren, Michigan. And the editorial response is... Redundancy is right, Dan. We don't want to kill a good thing, so Wacky Woozy will pop in once in a while, okay? And there are several short snippets of letters after that. There's no full letter after it. Some asking for a team up with the Doom Patrol. There's one referring to a text piece uh, in an earlier issue. But there's one that I'm going to read out because it is pertinent to our interests. Okay. And it's from Frank Maxwell of San Jose, California. And he asks a simple question. Does Plaz live on Earth 1 or Earth 2? Oh. And the editorial response to this is... Our great gob of goo is so out of this world, no other Earth would have him, don't you think? Which kind of implies he's kind of in his own world. Yes. So Interesting. So yes, that, I think, kind of cements this definitely is not an Earth 1 or an Earth 2 plus. Mm. It's basically, don't even think about it, it's not connected to anything, just have fun with it. Yeah. Which is kind of what we've been doing anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously we were speculating a little bit mm-hmm. because of the time age, because there was a guy active during what would have been World War Two, etc. Yeah. But that's very interesting. So, so we're interested to see how we factor that and then we do that as you're brave and bold. Yeah. It's also interesting to think that people at the time were thinking along those lines as well because mm-hmm. being a Golden Age character, coming back, yeah. but not anyone who was like in the GSA because indeed it was a different company yeah, entirely. It was quality comics. Yeah. Uh, it's really interesting to see how people were thinking and that was an option really, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, there, there is the bit in House of Mystery story when Robbie dials H and turns uh-huh. into Plastic Man and knows who Plastic Man is and says it's a hero from mm-hmm. the past or whatever. And there is that moment when one of the policemen recognises him, yeah. you know, which made you know made us think that maybe Plastic Man had been active on that Earth in the past as a hero, which maybe suggested Earth One, or indeed it just maybe just meant that they knew them from comics. Possibly, yeah. You can see. Mm-hmm. We'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> Do you think you know, listener? Why don't you get in touch with us? You can write to us at the Earth Two Podcast at gmail You can also check out our social media because we're putting up lots of bonus material for this very episode. We probably will, yes. Yes. (laughs) On Facebook and Instagram, we're at the Earth 2 Podcast and on Twitter, we're at podcast underscore Earth 2. And it's the number two for all our social media and it's also the number two for our website. That's the earth2podcast.com where you can find this and all our other episodes. Yep, check out the socials if you can. As we said before, we like to try and add as much added value and extra context to it all. So there's like a few things planned for this one. That was a bit of a breath of fresh air. Yeah, it was fun. Plastic Man does the job. Nice palate cleanser after the heavy spectre Gardner Fox stories, you know. Indeed. So, yes. But what are we possibly going to cover next week? Well, you'll have to tune in and find out. (laughs) On that note, yes. I've been Peter. He has been Peter. And I've been David. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time on... The The Earth Earth 2 Podcast! Transmatter Cube activated. Return coordinates set for Earth Prime. That was astonishing. (laughs) How did... Where did you conjure that from? Swallowed air for a while. It's a skill. That's a, you know. I was trying to get attention to like. I've done such things in the past, but that was amazing. You just produced it and drew me.